Hallelujah. Praise God. Did I talk to you men before the service? No, good. <laughs> hey, let's turn our Bibles tonight to Numbers 23, 19. Why do we believe? What do we believe in? Numbers 23, 19. And it says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither is he the son of man that he should repent. Let me say this about, uh, I've heard people say, well, you know, God made mistakes because he repents. No, God didn't make mistakes. Men sinned, so God said, I'll watch over my word. I will perform it. This will happen to you. But then in the midst of that, they turned from their sin. Amen. So God turned from his word of fulfilling the curse Amen. or bringing up evil upon them because of their disobedience. God never makes mistakes. But when man turns, God turns. We see it in Moses when God said, get out of the way, I'll destroy them all. He said, God, don't do that. And he said, okay. So when you run over those things and all right. And then he said, and he hath said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? One of the things that we as believers must get in our heart is that God doesn't lie. And that sometimes we are always basing our activity, our faith, our statements, our confession, our commitment to God, our resistance to evil, our surrender to temptation is all based upon the people that we know instead of the God that we are in relationship with. And so when we come to this, what we want to do is this. We want to realize that this. If God says something, he will do what? Make it good. If he spoke it, he's going to bring it to pass. That's who God is. He doesn't lie. Amen. So we're going to talk about some of these things. Let's go to Psalms 146 and verse 6. And we're going to be turning to some scriptures, but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God, which made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is there is, which keepeth truth forever. Somebody say, he keeps truth forever. In other words, the word of God is true, and God honors or keeps it. The Bible says in Hebrews 1.3 that God is upholding all things by the word of his power. In other words, remember that the word was made flesh. In the beginning, the word was with God, and the word was God. That is what we hold in our hand. We are not to treat it like common, a common book or a common rendition of somebody's story, it is God himself unveiled to us. And in this unveiling or revealing, every, the power of God is infused in it. And really, when God's upholding all things by the word of his power, in other words, the word is filled with enough power to bring itself to pass just like a seed. 
Didn't Jesus say the word of God is like a what? Seed. God says he gives us, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways higher than our ways. But he gives us the word, which are his thoughts, and he gives them to us as seed. So understand that the word of God has enough power in it to cause it to come to pass. And all it requires for that life to break through, for that word to come to pass, is for someone like you and I that is fully persuaded that God cannot lie to take that seed, to put it in the seed distributor and put it in your mouth and distribute it among the problems or the areas of your life that God needs to be involved in. Now, that's about how simple it is. We have seed receptors, our heart, our mind, our eyes and our ears, they all, re, they all directly download into the human spirit, into our heart. But we have a seed distributor. That means that once God puts something in your heart, it has to be spread abroad. Jesus understood that when he preached the gospel, when he said things about himself. And so we understand that the word of God is upheld by the power of God. Every word that God has spoken is filled with God himself. With God himself. And so when we speak a word, what are we doing? We are putting God into the situation. And if you don't take back, alter, reshape what you have sown, it will grow into that which it has come from. Amen. All right. Let's go to Psalms 84, 39. And I know that you know all these things, but, you know, I know things in my house, but Phyllis just keeps harping at them, harping at them, harping at them. And then I remember them, I remember them, I remember them. Then after a while, I forget them, I forget them, and then she harps and she harps, and I remember and I remember so, hallelujah. Praise God. Psalms 89, 34 says these words, yea, Psalm, Psalms 89, 34, not 84, 3. She must have been reading my notes trying to tap. All right, there it goes. My covenant will I not break. Anybody know what a covenant is based upon? Words, Right? agreements things that are statements and so when a statement is made God makes covenants with people by words that which he says is a covenant it's an agreement and there are multiple covenants in the Bible you find that Ephesians 2 12 on down it says that you were separated or alienated from the covenants of God there's the Abrahamic covenant. There's the David covenant. Uh, there is a New Testament covenant. There is a covenant that's established in Christ. Every promise really is a covenant because it's established by words. And God says, my covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that is gone forth out of my what? Lips. I know that forth is not in there. Philip said, you, you keep reading them wrong. I said, that's because I want to get put words in there that I want in there. So it has gone out of my 
lips. So what has gone forth out of God's lips? The Word. Somebody say the Word. So God will not alter His Word. He won't alter it for you. He won't alter it for anybody. Anybody that reads it can take it to the bank that God is going to fulfill it if he said it. Amen? All right. So let's go over to Romans 3, 3 and 4. I just wrote these scriptures down, and uh, I was going to go a different way, but God knew what Ben was going to preach on, so I'm uh, supposed to confirm Ben's offering. All right. So what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? Next verse. God forbid. Let God be true. But every man a liar, as it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. Now, what does that mean? That means that though man has an opinion, if you will count that man is a liar if he resists or goes contrary to God and that you count God faithful, you know what's going to happen to you? It says that you're going to be justified in your sayings. The word justified means this. You are going to receive divine declarations of the king of kings over your life coming to pass. When you say what the king has said or the judge has said, he will uphold that saying. And that you might overcome when you are judged. That judge simply means that when you are come against or there is a position, a negative to the divine decrees that have already been stated. So, it's telling us here by the Apostle Paul that we need to understand man is man, but man is not God. And if man says something against or contrary to God, then men are liars, not God. Amen? Amen. And you are in that manhood too. If you're talking contrary to God, you're the one that lies, not God. All right. So let's go to uh, Psalms. Uh, let's go, yeah, let's go back to Psalms 84, 89, 34. Uh, let's remember the Bible says that it's impossible. Somebody say impossible, impossible. for God to lie. In other words, if God does not uphold the word that he says, when he doesn't, he will cease to be God. He will cease to be God. What will he be? A sinner. God cannot lie. It's not in his nature, and it would end his existence. So he will not lie, and he cannot lie. Is never a consideration to God, and it's not a consideration. Listen, the devils even believe God. Oh, yeah, they do. They, they, they believe God. What do you mean? Well, they fell down in front of Jesus and said, Have you come to torment us before our time? In other words, they know God said we're going to be tormented, and guess what? 
he, Jesus is going to do it. So uh, that when they saw him, they said, hey, man, wait, wait a second. You're before time, man. Uh, like uh, they never doubted God's word. It's man that doubts God's word. The, the devil, devil doesn't doubt God. Now, he may accuse you or he might call, tempt you and cause you to think that God's not that. But he's never going to say God lied to you. He didn't tell Adam and Eve, oh, God lied to you. you know? He said, oh, no, no, no. That's not what he said. He said this. This is what he meant. He never said God lied to him. No, he wouldn't call God a liar because he knows every word that he says is going to come to pass. Amen. He knew it in, in Egypt when uh, Moses was born that a, a deliverer was going to come. He was so convinced that he put the heart of Pharaoh to kill all the children under the age of two, three years old. Same thing happened when Jesus was coming. He believes what God says. It's mankind that doesn't. And we're supposed to know God more intimately than the devil knows him. Just a thought. Psalms 89:34. my covenant, again, the words that I speak, that I said that I would do, the agreements that I've made with you, the statements that I made, that if you make meet the condition, I will not break my covenant, nor alter, twist, take anything away, from the thing that is gone out of my lips. Jesus said in Luke 21, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. In other words, it's as eternal as God. It's filled with the life of God. And if the life of God cannot be taken from God, it cannot be taken out of the scripture. Amen. It, the life of God that is in the scripture cannot be taken out of it. Healing cannot be taken out of the scripture. The Bible says God sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from all of their destruction. That cannot be taken out. It's in there. But you have to do what? You're going to have to say what God said so that God will be justified in performing what he performs. That's how God is justified by being involved in a man's affair is that his words bring God on the scene. Amen. God is, Jeremiah said that God hastens or watches over his word to perform it. So when a man or a woman decrees it, says it, makes a statement, God takes that as an invitation, a justification to come in and say, this is going to change. Why? Because a seed that God has given that man has been planted. And God's going to watch over it. Amen? And, and all we have to do is just say it. And, and the devil might say, but you don't know what he's done. God said, it doesn't matter what he's done. He just said what I said I would do. He has just sowed a seed that I gave him. He is now turning in a credit request, and I honor their credit request because we have a covenant sealed by blood. It's, it's just that simple. It's just that simple. And God doesn't lie. What makes 
a man, Jesus, coming to die and tell people, well, they're going to kill me on a cross, take me down and throw me in a tomb. Three days later, I'm going to raise from the dead. What makes a man think like that and go through that? Don't you think, it, now me, I'd be running. I'd say, God, I'll die on the cross when they catch me. But until then, I ain't turning myself in. But Jesus goes there. How, how would he have known except he read the scriptures and he said, this is going to happen to me, and I believe that God does not lie. If we were convinced that God was, didn't lie, then no matter what was going on around us, we would just stand to see the salvation of the Lord. Do all you can do to stand and then stand and see the salvation of the Lord. What's he saying? God has not lied. Just stand. But, but, but 10,000 fell at my side. It'll not come nigh you. 1,000 fell at my left side. It's not coming nigh you. Just believe that. Amen? All right. So we see that God doesn't alter the things that are going forth out of his mouth. Let's go to Psalms 105 and verse 8. So God doesn't lie. Somebody say, God doesn't lie. If God said it, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I like my grandkids. They put me in remembrance. Papa, you said... Are you sure I said that? Yes, you did, Papa. You said, uh, last year, I think, no, year before, Quentin came up to me and said, Papa, I've been thinking. I'm ready to buy a, uh, I'm, I'm ready to get a shotgun. I said, okay. Uh, uh, oh, well, then, you know, okay, we'll, we'll do it later. He said, no. He said, you told me when I was ready for a shotgun to tell you, and you'd take me out, and we'd find one or whatever one I wanted I could have. I said, I said that? He said, yes, you said that. So I told Phyllis, I need some money. What do you need money for? I said, I told Quentin I would do this. Well, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm going to sell one of my rifles. You want to sell one of your rifles? Yeah. I have a, a, a lever action. A, what kind is it, Ed? What is it? Winchester Model 64-8, and believe it or not, there, it's a nice gun, and nobody quabbled at the price. Nobody just wanted to pay that at that moment. But nobody questioned the price, so I was going to take that and pay Phyllis back. Well, Phyllis doesn't know. She always finds things out of the pulpit. Is that I told Ed, forget trying to sell it. She's forgot I owe it to her. So I got the best of both worlds. Hallelujah. So I take Quentin out, and I take him from store to store to store, and he's picking up shotguns, and, oh, I don't, want, I don't like this, I don't like that. So we drive all over the place, down through Dayton, Huber Heights, all of these gun stores. And I said, oh, Quentin, what, what do you want? He said, I want that first one I looked at. Lord, okay, so I go back and write the check, and oh, I think she gave me cash. I don't. I don't trust her check. She, buddy, she'll cancel them before you can sign them. And, and uh, so I, I pay it out. And, uh, and then I get home and he said, you know, Papa, you said you'd get me a rifle too. I said, I did? 
He said, yeah. I said, what kind you want? He said, like that new one you just bought. I said, yeah. Here. And he said, and you know, Lincoln just got a new air pellet rifle. Here. And he said, thank you, Papa. I said, Boy, that was about a $2,500, $3,000 weekend for that kid. I thought to myself, I better watch what I say. Absolutely. Praise God. You know, they put you in the remembrance of it, buddy. Hallelujah. So, but God wants us to do that. Psalms 105 verse 8 says, He hath remembered his covenant forever. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations a thousand generations wow all you'd have to do is look at petra and they bring them through aqueducts and they take that water and they pump it in you know israel only has one two places that has fresh water one is the sea of galilee and believe it or not they export fish out of that one sea as well as feed the nation with fish out of that sea and this uh, uh, freshwater system that uh, God gave to Moses. And uh, remember when he started that? It started the heads of rivers. Well, that river comes out of Petra, and it is taken into Israel through aqueducts. You can see them all through, and they're built some way that once water starts flowing through them, it just flows. And uh, so, but God is faithful. And here he is thousands of years later, that is still producing because he gave a word. He doesn't take it back. He gave him a word. Now, God says here that he hath remembered his covenant forever and the word which he commanded to a thousand generations. A thousand of them. A thousand generations. And so we need to understand that the word that we're living off of will protect and provide life for the generations that are coming up for us God will watch over his word do you think that he knew your situation before you ever got into it yes what did he provide he provided you seed to change the field amen and you could plant a seed right in the midst of everything the enemy is doing and guess what it'll start producing after itself and that which the enemy has sown will start dying out right weeds are trying it in your yard all the time amen how do you keep weeds out of your yard weed killer no well, that's one way or you could have grandkids and they could pull them that's another way but the best way is to keep seeding or overseeding your yard every other year if you will overseed your yard what they do is it they just come in with a machine or you can do it you can uh aerate your yard and uh which i've done i convinced phil's buy me an aerator and i used it that one time and i'm <laughs> i'm hoping them grandkids want to start using it but after you've aerated your yard then you can overseed it either by a spreader or you can get a machine and if you will keep sowing good seed in that pretty soon there is no place for the bad seed to find root 
But if you just start dealing with weeds by weed killer and all that kind of stuff, you're fighting a losing battle. Now, now, if anybody in here works for a weed company, you know, weed killing company, I'd, I'm not against you. I'm just telling you there's better ways you could do it. And so keep overseeding your yard. And if you'll do that every couple of years, your yard will keep getting thicker and thicker and thicker. And pretty soon there's no place for weeds to find a root system or to give birth to a root system. So when the devil comes into our life and starts sowing, he might sow things. Our lives may be a mess just like when you get saved. But guess what? If you'll start sowing your life with new seed, you know what? That seed will start producing over and over and over and over and over. Fellas, they talked me into planting this a ground cover flock. What? Flocks. Flocks with an X. So, okay, so I put out these little things, I think. These little old weenie things. These ain't never even going to last one year. Come out the next year, like, man, they're all over. Yeah, you've got to walk down the sidewalk like this. Pretty soon, next year, they're killing my bushes. They're choking her flowers. What? You let my flowers die. No, no, that stuff you planted is choking them to death. You know, it's your fault. And now it's everywhere. Now it starts dying out. So now I got to start replanting it. But now I have to cut around my bushes because now it's the enemy. So see, just little things like that. And I would encourage you to just do this. Put plastic stuff in. Yeah, we had Rob out there. Poor Rob. So, so Rob tells Phyllis, we always kind of baptize people, but I will tell you this. They said that is not the end of what they're about to do to you. And anyway, Rob said, now, Rob, you know, I know you have to go today. We was having a staff party out there. We know you have to go today, but before you go, make sure that you water those flowers down there uh, in those pots. So Rob's down there watering the flowers, and they're plastic. I'm thinking, what? He just, oh, yeah. And Phyllis comes out and says, what are you doing watering my plastic flowers? I don't know. Huh? So I think people ought to just put plastic bushes in. I think it's a great idea. Amen. Leave them out. They don't freeze. They don't die. Hallelujah. I, I love it. No trimming. Oh, glory. I think that's a good way, huh? Absolutely. Praise God. All right. So let's go to Ezekiel 12, 25. Ezekiel 12, 25. So we want to make sure that we keep sowing. Yeah, but something bad happened. Keep sowing. But, but you, you don't know. Keep sowing. But that whole plot of my life is dead. Keep sowing. 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 Keep taking what God gave you, the God that doesn't lie, that is upheld by the word of his power, and put it in the ground. Because he put a dead man in the ground, the seed of God, and it came up, and it'll sure enough come up in your life. 
Hallelujah. All right, Ezekiel 12, 25. Oh, for the, I am the Lord. Now I will speak, and the word that I speak shall sometimes for some people. Everything's perfect, praise God. You know, bless their darling heart. Some get it and some don't. It might sprout a little bit. It shall come to pass. It shall be no more prolonged, for in your days, O rebellious house, I will say the word and will perform it, saith the Lord God. Now, when does God give them a word? When they're rebellious. When they're rebellious. So you really can out-talk your way of the curse that's already come into your life, even if you brought it on yourself. I say you can talk your way out of it if you put the right word in your mouth. Excuse me, pretend like I didn't do that. There was a glitch for the live streamers. All right. Now, <clears throat> Daniel 9.12. The Bible says in Kings 8.56, there hath not one good word of the promise of God that has ever failed. Not one. Now, you know the devil's a liar. So if he's the opposite of God, then God couldn't lie. Amen? And y'all, you know, when, when you're believing God for something, a thought comes, oh, it's not going to work. God didn't hear you. Well, y'all to know that's a lie. Y'all just jump up and start doing flips and roll around on the dog and let your wife pat your belly, praise God, and you jump up and shout the victory. Because if he said it's not going to happen, Bill, sure enough, it's going to happen. Amen? It's going to happen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Daniel 9, 12 says this, And he hath confirmed his word, which he spake against us. God upholds his word for the good and for the evil. And it says, And against our judges that judged us by being up on, bringing up on us this great evil. For under the whole heaven hath not been done that hath been done upon Jerusalem. So Israel even recognized God in his faithfulness when things went bad because of what they had done. So God is faithful. Jeremiah 1.12 says God will hasten his word. Watch over. Bring it to pass quickly. God is watching over his word and he'll bring it to pass quickly. Somebody say God is faithful. Amen. And when God is faithful, then we can be bold to speak. That's why Jesus said, go ahead, destroy this body, this temple. In three days, it'll be rebuilt. That's pretty bold. I don't know any man that had ever been dead before and come back to life on his own. Nobody. Absolutely nobody. So, when Jesus makes that proclamation, he makes it boldly in the face of every controversial, historical outcome of every shred of evidence that has ever touched the earth. 
guess what? Jesus says, I don't care how many times it has not happened. I'm here to declare to you it will happen. And all we have to do, seeing that we have a great high priest that has passed into heaven, he is the high priest of our profession, the word profession meaning our confession. In other words, when you agree and say what God says, Jesus is in heaven making sure the Father responds to it quickly and that he is faithful in it. He doesn't need that, but he's there as a representative. Then the Bible says, knowing that we have a high priest, Hebrews 4.14, over our confession, hold fast your confession. His priesthood will not fail. You remember when the Bible says in Hebrews 6, 18, that says, God is not a man that he should lie, and he is immutable or unchangeable. What he's pointing to is says, I don't lie. I said you were a priest forever. You'll be a priest forever. I said you're a priest after the order of Melchizedek. I will honor that. I'll raise you from the dead and prove that you are who I said you are. So when it says God doesn't lie, what are you saying is this? If God said it, no matter how radical and impossible it is, stand up, be bold, declare it, and watch God do it. Hallelujah. God is faithful to a thousand generations. <clears throat> Amen. Hallelujah. Now you can understand why Abraham tells people, I'm going up to the mountain. We're going to sacrifice, and then we're coming back down. Amen. Now you understand why Isaac crawls up on the altar. God doesn't lie. He's convinced. If my father sheds my blood on this pile of wood today, I will walk down that mountain before nightfall. That's pretty cool. Amen? How about a 90-year-old woman entertaining the thought that she might have a baby and an old man trying to convince her, let's try. How does a man say, my name is Abraham. I, I'm going to be the father of many nations. And he declares it in front of people. And he proclaims it for a year before it ever happens. Do you know that after Abraham claims that, try to find a Jew that will ever remember his name was Abram. Abram does not exist in the Jewish culture. Abraham exists. Why? Because when Abraham proclaimed what God said about him, Abram ceased to be identified. The old man was gone, and there was a new man that ruled as a father of faith. And so they were bold to say. They were bold to say. And so that gives us credence to our confession. That gives us credence to stand when everything else is shaking. But will God be faithful? Well, if you don't believe that Jesus raised from the dead, then count God a liar. But if you believe that he's raised from the dead, certainly God is faithful. And if he is faithful to take him up, he's faithful to send him back. And if he's faithful to send him back, 
he's faithful to take us up with him. We have this hope. This is what we believe, and what we believe we say. Why? Because God is not a God that he should lie. Hallelujah. Don't back down on what you're saying. But, but what if it doesn't come to pass? Stop patting yourself with maybes. Stop patting yourself with options that if it doesn't work. Don't, don't, look, if you're wondering if it won't, let me help you. It won't. It won't. Trust God. Just believe that he is who he said he is, and he'll do what he said he would do. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's go to 2 Timothy 4, 17 through 18. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Remember, they believe stuff like when Jesus said, what is it if he doesn't die? Oh, my God, he's never going to die until Jesus comes back. Now, I mean, that's what they thought. Why? Because Jesus said it. Jesus said it. 2 Timothy 4, 17, it says, Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. He strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear. Now, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord shall deliver me from That's probably a print mistake. Hmm. What do you call that when men add to what really happened or what was going to happen? Embellish? Maybe that was an embellishment word. Deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever remember many are the afflictions of the righteous but the lord delivers us out of them all why are we concerned what the devil does pastor you're never going to believe what the devil did to me this week uh, i know I, I will believe go ahead just tell it all sometimes people confess more than more of what the devil says to them than what God says to them. So what does it matter what the devil did this week? Did God go on, they, did he send you a notice? Hey, I'm not showing up next week. Uh, please give us a little time. We'll get back with you when we get things kicked up and rolling again. Does God sleep or slumber because you're going through a problem? You think he doesn't know that the devil showed up? You're the only one concerned that God's not going to show up. God's watching and waiting who he could show himself strong to. Just know this. It's just the devil. Remember, who is he? Well, he's powerless. It's just the devil. He's stripped of all power. It's just the devil. The prince of this earth, who he was and is, has been cast out of the place of rule over your life. It's just the devil. 
he is doomed to an eternal lake of fire. He's just the devil. He's already been defeated through the death of Jesus Christ, Hebrews 2, 14 through 16. He's just the devil. And he is subject to you because you have power to cast him out. He doesn't have the power to bind you. He's just the devil. So you're going to call me up at night and say, Pastor, there's a mouse in my house. It's just a mouse. I remember one time we was in Africa and uh, we had 50 pastors we supported. We'd go over once a year and we'd do interviews and make sure that they were winning people to Jesus. And so Nikki went with me that year. So uh, I took her and I put her in this hotel that had a wall around it. And uh, then a lizard got in there. That's not unusual. I mean, it's, it's a breeding ground for lizards, just like Florida. Florida's the second home to the serpent's offsprings, and they're everywhere. And anyway, so this little thing is in there about this big. Nikki says, oh, my gosh, Dad, 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 there's a lizard in there. Get him out of there. Little did she know, I was petrified of the thing myself. So I called. So I called down and said, hey, can you have somebody come up and, and uh, uh, get this lizard out? Yeah, we'll send somebody down. Here he comes, buddy, with a screwdriver. I'm thinking, some way it doesn't look big enough to catch. Have you ever seen a guy on all fours chasing a lizard through his limb, moving beds? And I'm thinking, come on, just kill the thing. Finally, he kills the lizard. Peace is restored. Now, now, it's not a pretty sight. You know, he didn't knock him out and then give him gas and take him the rest of the way. He just got, he just, and uh, so he's got it. Now we got a desert lizard. It was just a lizard. One time, my Roebuck and I was uh, in a, Philippines. First time we'd went there. I walked in the room and these lizards are all over the ceiling. And I thought, oh my God, I hope them things don't fall down. And about that time, we turned the lights out and I sat down on the bed and Mike flipped his pants. And a dime flew out of Mike's pants and landed on my leg. I don't know who was on the face of that dime, but I, by the time I got done bending it, you could have used it for a marble. I'm telling you, buddy, I got the jeebies. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. I said, man, he said, what's going on? So I said, one of them things fell down. Turned the light on and said, oh, no, that's my dime. What is wrong with you, Mike? Pastor, are you afraid of that kind of stuff? Not if I'm equipped to handle it like shotgun flamethrower absolutely not you ought to see quentin saying hey pastor papa can you get that lizard for me sure get out of here get out of here get. i'm like three foot behind the lizard i said man them things just too fast quentin 
I didn't want to tell him, Quentin, I'm stinking spooked out of my brain. I am not grabbing. They might bite my whole hand off. I'm just telling you the truth. And it goes no further than this sanctuary. There is a faulty glitch in what you're hearing over there. Now, so it's just the devil. He can't, couldn't keep you from getting saved. How can he keep you from getting delivered, getting prosperous, being whole? What? He can't stop it. If he could have stopped you, you wouldn't have got saved. Come on. I, I must have stopped him a hundred times today. And I'm still saved. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Let's go to Psalms 89.1. We only got one more after this. Hallelujah. Praise God. 89.1, and I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. And my mouth, I will make known with my mouth, I will make known thy faithfulness to all generations. There are three ways that we do that. We teach, we allow them to see, and we allow people to hear. And then the last one, 1 Peter 1.10. God is faithful. 1 Peter 1.10. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace of the Lord that should come unto you. Next verse. And searching what or what manner of time that the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Do we believe in the redemption of Christ. We believe in what the prophets have said hundreds and thousands of years ago. Do we believe that? Yes. We stand here today proclaiming, I'm a Christian, I'm saved. I belong to Jesus. I'm on my way to heaven. But that's as bold as we get. But there are over 3,000 promises that are waiting to show their self faithful to the believer. So, but, but it, it just can't be that easy. Well, do you think any part of salvation is any harder than salvation itself? No. No. When you got saved, you became a joint heir with Christ. God is faithful. Amen? Now do just what God told you to do. Every promise has a language in it, a word for your lips in the word of the promise. It told you how to get saved, confess that Jesus is Lord of your life. That's all you had to do. And the power of God and the Spirit and all heaven moved, angels danced, God wrote in the book, the devil went crazy, the Holy Ghost transformed you. And you were born again. Just take what God said about you, any promise, and put it in your mouth. And sow it in the ground. Just sow it in the ground. Amen? Just sow it in the ground. How many of you have kids that eat watermelon seeds? Have you ever told your kids, quit eating watermelon seeds? You're going to grow watermelons in our toilet. 
I thought many times of running the vine out to the side of the toilet. Tell Nikki, see, I told you, quit that stuff. Yeah. Half the apple trees we have in the world were because boys never made it home. Come on. That's right. Amen. So, we are going to take what God said about us. He was as faithful in salvation as he will be in any other promise. Put it in your mouth and say it. And watch your life change as it has changed in Christ. Amen. Take the word, put it in your mouth, and say what God said. He is so faithful. He is so faithful. He is so faithful. He cannot lie, and why would he lie? Amen? So, praise God. We're going to rise up and count God faithful, and if anybody is a liar, it's everybody else, but it's not God. Amen. Praise God. Stand your feet, and we're going to pray. Hallelujah. Father, you are faithful. You do not lie. And you will not start with us. God, we can stand boldly. We can declare boldly. We can speak boldly. We can sing praises in the midst of a lion's den. We can shout the victory in the midst of a fiery furnace. Because, God, you will deliver us. You will preserve us. You will keep us. You will provide for us, God. Some way, somehow, provision will come. God, you will make a way where it seems like there is no way. Somehow, some way, a door will open. God, you will do whatever needs to be done because we have sown your promise into a field that has been defiled by the enemy. You are faithful, God. God, we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. God, Holy Ghost, remind us to be bold. Remind us not to flinch. Remind us not to think the second time. Remind us not even consider any other course than what God said for our life. And God, we ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you. See you Sunday morning. Hallelujah.